Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm joined once again by Stu. Hey up. Just want to cover quickly why you've not heard Ben the last couple of episodes. He's decided and for himself that it's better if he does more behind the scenes stuff for us. He's not as comfortable chatting about this on the podcast. There's no problems. He's just more comfortable doing behind the scenes and written stuff. So you'll see plenty from him on the site moving forward, but just not as a voice on here. So you'll just have to make do with me and Stu. So with that, as your week been, Stu? Uh, from a gaming perspective, I hadn't got that much done, but then I had Monday and Tuesday off. So I got on as much as I possibly could and played uh, three really good games all in VR. So they are uh, Voxel Fly, which is, a, I think, a PC-only one. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very cool. If you imagine sort of flying down a corridor, like the Death Star Trench, but with a roof as well, and uh, it's all in these chunky voxels, and it's a cross between a sort of like the Death Star Trench run and like an infinite runner, and a little bit like Geometry Wars. And that makes it sound like, because there's so many inferences that, you know, there's a lot going on, but it's actually really simple. So you just control a ship, Flying down this tunnel, you've got to avoid enemies, avoid obstructions, shoot stuff if that particular mission demands it. And yeah, I think some of them, there are missions, so you can do objectives, which is like shoot X number of stuff. But um, yeah, it's very straightforward, very simple. It's only a couple of quid. Uh, that's a good distraction. So that's Voxel Fly. What's, is, is that a VR only game or? VR only, yeah. Uh. yeah. Very simplistic, but you know, bit of a laugh. Yeah, looking at some of the images for it, it's got it's, it looks almost reminiscent of, I suppose in a way, it's got a bit of a Star Fox quality to like the ship designs and like the flatness of the of the design. Mm. Um, and obviously, I'm looking at it; it's like it's not like Star Fox in terms of layout, but I don't know. It's like the ship is reminiscent of something like Star Fox and the behind view and and things like that. It looks interesting to say the least. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's like Race the Sun if you ever saw that one. Yes, a little that bit. is very good. Yeah. That's not VR only. So no, it's not. I would highly recommend people pick that up because it must be like pennies now if they haven't played it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that and also uh, Paper Beast. So I'm going to be reviewing that for the site, which is mentalhealthgaming.com. But briefly, it's really good. It's basically a god sim kind of crossed with Pikmin, except you're right in the thick of it as well. So you're down there with the creatures that you're dealing with. And the creatures themselves are shapes that have been formed into animals from like paper and other materials. And they're representing complex mathematic equations that you're doing. And you have to manipulate them, join things, change things and affect the environment to achieve outcomes. I'll keep it vague because I'll save it for the review, but it's got a great physics engine. It's very, very beautiful. I'm about three quarters of the way through so far, and I'm really enjoying that one. Tell us the name of why people should be interested in this if they have VR. It's uh, by Eric Carhi, who is a French designer who designed Another World, if you remember that one, and also From Dust, the game From Dust. Yes, and also one of my most underrated games, Heart of Darkness as well, which he also did. 
I think these days you'd consider it a DLC rather than a full game, but yeah. It is. But he's also probably one of the youngest looking 50 year olds or 50 odd year olds I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because when I saw images of him, um, when I saw Eric Charhi, another world, I'm like, is he still around? So I had to look at him and went, no, that must be a different Eric Charhi. That's got to be someone different. But he looks so young. So whatever his secret is, He's got to start letting us know what it is because he's, he still looks almost like, apart from a bit of grey hair, he looks almost like he's in his 30s or something still. Yeah. Whereas me, I look like I'm approaching my 50s at the moment. <laughs> me too. Yeah, no, he's obviously got some sort of beautifully designed and quite obscure but very ugly picture in his attic. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, before you get on to, obviously, the little indie title you've been playing... Hmm. I'm going to touch briefly on an actual indie title that I've been playing. I've been given code and I'll do a review for it for One Step From Eden. It's something I saw a trailer for a few weeks back, so I reached out to the developers. And it's a really interesting game. It's a deck building game, which is all the rage these days, that has roguelike elements, which is all the rage these days. But it's also this semi-real-time action game at the same time. I mean, people will be put off by deck building and roguelike. But honestly, don't be. It's an early impression so far of it. It's just, it's just really interesting mix of mechanics that feels like it's going to be too much to comprehend to make a cohesive game. But you can kind of almost play it so far, just hammering the buttons and still get through which makes it then sound like there's no strategy to it. But like the best games, what you find is, yes, you can just hammer and play it without thinking too much and you'll progress a little bit. But to get the most out of the game, you then need to look at the levels below it. And it's it's yeah, it's just a really interesting game that I sort of looked at, I was interested in, started playing it, was very confused and went, I'm not sure I'm going to get on with this. Five minutes in, I'm in love in love with it and can't wait to go back in to play some more and for the review and then beyond it's just yeah really interesting mix of mechanics that's come together better than it has any right to um but yeah keep an eye out for that one step from eden cool yeah and of course apart from that i've been playing half-life alex because of course i am never heard of it no it's a bit of an obscure title yeah so i've not put anywhere near as much time on it as i'd like because I don't know, there's been other things going on. I don't know why mm. that is. But in the, in when I have had a moment to have a go, I've, I've managed to get up to chapter three. So it's still really introducing mechanics, but it is absolutely fantastic. So there's not much more I can say. I won't ramble on about it, but just um, polished to absolute shine. So I've not seen... Uh, so the differentiators, let's put it that way, the differentiators from other VR games is it's graphically far more impressive so it, it needs a really high-end pc to do everything at ultra and that's the first vr game that's really done that and even on low settings you still need like a eight gig um graphics card to to run it it's proper asking a lot but that's represented in the game it's absolutely gorgeous it's the best sort of pseudo realistic style that i think i've ever seen so that's brilliant the controls there are tweaks on things that already exist in VR rather than anything completely groundbreaking. So you're not looking at, so far at least, anything as earth-shattering as the gravity gun. But what it has done is it's sharpened them up and 
the way that they're integrated into the play space is absolutely fantastic. And the atmosphere, of course, is just peerless. So those are the things that I can add that you perhaps might have not seen elsewhere. So so questions I've I've got with regards to this is does it first of all, does it feel like a spin-off or does it feel like Half-Life? It feels like Half-Life, yes, it does. So that leads me on to the next, just the next question kind of feel, uh, that kind of runs on from that, which is, is this a defining moment for VR? The short answer is yes. And I think simply because there are people who love the franchise who are desperate to play it, so they'll, they'll run out and buy, well, not run out now, they will get online and order any VR kit they can possibly get their hands on to play it. And I think that will spike things so much. And it's a great baseline for the level of quality that you should expect or can expect going forward. And hopefully it will spur other developers on to really push things. The longer answer is, in gameplay terms, no, not really. Um, mm. it, it doesn't do any, it does everything, as I say, better than most VR games. But I've not come across any concepts that haven't already been done before. Now. I might do, but even if I don't, that's not really important. So I think it will be a landmark in that it's the title that everybody wanted and because it's on something they don't have, they're going to buy it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've seen with it is, one, it just looks absolutely impressive. I, I think the most of the GIF I've seen most is a, um, a head crab flying at someone and they've kind of thrown them out the window using a chair. It just looks so smooth and natural, which it, which is really good. Uh, but I've seen the develop one of the developers say um, to the modding community, "Look, go ahead. We want you to mod this. Work with VR with well, uh, with VR um, because we want you to see how important VR is to making this actually work." So um, that that's really interesting. They're very confident in what they've produced. Um, but one of the things I've always looked at with um, <clears throat> first person VR games is the movement within the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're all kind of like you point to where you want to go and you kind of end up there or it's very static and you're looking around and you're shooting from a static space whereas i've always seen um, half-life as a very kinetic game uh, you are constantly on the move you have to explore you have to move around you, you uh, to get better angles to get shots away and stuff like that where does this stand with it? Is it very VR feeling in terms of movement or is it more of an actual FPS just that, that so happens to be in VR? Yeah, so it's very much tailored to the VR experience, but that is, itself has come on a lot in the last few years. So initially they went with the teleport thing so that you could both yeah, either sit down, not have to stand all the time, and also so it didn't make you sick. Now that people have started to find their VR legs, a lot of games have introduced free movement. Mm -hmm. and uh, Half-Life Alex is one of those. So you use the left stick just as you would in a regular 2D game to move around. And obviously your head moves your you know, vision around and your right hand moves your gun around. So pretty much as you, you would have got on the Wii. At the moment, though, they've done a weird thing. So they haven't got free turn on the left stick. So you don't move your body as you would in a game like you know Halo or Doom Eternal. Mm. Um, you move in increments, which is part of the teleporting model. Think of it like a chessboard where, you know, a thing can move in certain set 
periods and they just appear in that spot. And that's kind of how it is. So you, you press right and it moves in an increment of 45 degrees. Yeah. And that's really annoying because if you're given free movement, you're expecting to have free movement, but they, they're going to patch that in, but it's still pending, <laughs> but um, it will come. But yes, that's that's a minor thing. But you have entirely the option to do the full teleport thing. You have the, the option to stand or sit, to teleport, uh, to, to do free movement. You can basically play it in any way that you want. So that's good to have the options. I mean, the way you described it there is almost akin to when I used to play football games on the Mega Drive or early on the PlayStation and stuff like that, and they had eight degrees of movement, the players, and so I would run at angles rather than naturally. And then they introduced full analog movement, and it changed. Going back to that old movement just felt alien. Absolutely, it's the same. When you're given a digital control in that kind of world, if you've not selected it, it can be really frustrating because because of the connection that you have to the world, it it really jars with how you're expecting to move, which can, for some people, make them feel sick. So having that smooth movement is important for them to patch in. I think oh, I really find it very odd that they miss that, especially as it's foul. But um, in, in the other sense of what you were talking about in terms of the world itself vr games what they're great at is they're not as they don't tend to be as wide so you don't have when you're when you're standing as an avatar in a world you don't tend to have a large arena they tend to be smaller um but what they tend to be is more densely packed because in a, in a regular game if you're walking around just one little room and there are objects and you press x on them that gets boring really fast but in vr when you're using your actual hands to pick up and manipulate stuff it's actually really good and really interesting so just a quick example so when you're interacting with the combine technology which you'll remember as those very sort of boxy black devices that look really alien you can connect you can twist you can pull you can then manipulate holograms and you can spend sort of you know 30 seconds working with this device as you would with a mechanical device in the real world and it's really great it's it's you enjoy that tactility and the interaction and it feels like it's part of a, a deeper world with with more science more law uh, more interaction between objects rather than they're just being doors and corridors and yeah it, it has that level of density so there's objects to pick up and there's objects to interact with. And all of that is exciting and it all draws you even further in. And I think that's where it's getting all of its high scores from because it's got, yeah, just a, a really immersive world. And if you're into that universe, the Half-Life lore and universe, it's absolutely essential, I'd say. Well, okay. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's the more I hear the, and the more I see, the more I really, really want to, a setup to be able to play it. Um, so if any major PC suppliers are listening, we're happy to be sponsored. And if you want to send me a PC and a VR unit to play it, that would be appreciated. I think that's only fair. Mm. Yeah, that will happen. But, you know, uh, we, we, we'll promote your stuff. I, I've got no scruples when it comes to that. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> I just say that they're the best place that's ever lived if they give me free stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd sell out. I'd sell out completely. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to deny that, yeah. Um, I don't blame anyone for selling out at times. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm, so obviously last week I said I played Doom. So obviously the natural progression is Animal Crossing, which should sound weird, but because of the love in between the two um, franchises, 
over the past months. It's not. Animal Crossing, New Horizons on the Switch is everything that I expected it to be and more. It's frustrating. It's slow. But it's glorious. It's got new mechanics added to it from the from previous that weren't in previous titles. You still owe Tom Nook the Tanuki raccoon dog thing money because he gives you a loan to build your tent, then your house, and then upgrade it. Um, so you're forever in debt to him. You've got a, a, a cast of wonderful characters. Um, some are really quirky. You'd expect everyone to be like these joyous style characters in there because of like the theme of it. But you've got some interesting ones. You've got some really dark sounding backstories to some of them. Um, I, I've seen on social media, there's actually an openly gay character um, for the first time in the series um for sure um uh, whether it's the first time in a nintendo product i don't know but anyway yeah but again what nintendo have done well is they've not highlighted the fact it's just as he's talking you you dawns on you that this character is in a same-sex relationship so really really well done to nintendo there but yeah the game's really good i'm playing it a couple of hours a day being stuck at home and it's just a great way to pass the time. Basically, my morning routine is get up, get the kids fed, get my son starting his schoolwork, and then I go into the game. I batter all the rocks in my in my on my island to get the stone um, or the money that one of them produces. I collect all the fruit that comes from the trees. I do a bit of fishing, catch some butterflies, dig up fossils, get that sold, get that donated, have a break go back later, visit someone else's island or a deserted island, gather up what I can, do the tasks that are set of me, and then supposedly build my house up and make it look lovely, except mine looks like a crack den at the moment. Um, if you follow me on, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see it. It's, I've got a camping bed, I've got a campfire in, inside the house, a garbage bin, tissues, and yeah, it just looks like a crack den, but so be it, I'm, I'm going to lean into it. But it's just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I loathe to say it, at a time like this, while we're all in this, the midst of this pandemic, it's needed. It is the exact game that's needed because you can't lose yourself in that game and forget all your worries while you're in it. And it's just perfect for it. Superb. Yeah, um, obviously VR's like that as well. So, apart from the gaming side of things, what's been going on or how are we feeling? Not too bad. I've, I've had loads of stuff going on that um, is completely unrelated to the big thing, the event, and that, that, that has been taxing in its own way. So, we've bought a new car, uh, which on the face of it sounds really, uh, you know, irresponsible, but second-hand car, our old car was just about falling to bits. Um, it wasn't, but you know, that's the shorthand and all of its stuff that we had to pay for was coming up. So it was like, no, now's the time and we've got to do it before everything locks down. So we got that sorted yeah. and then the very next day it wouldn't start. <laughs> and we, we bought it from a place in Rochdale, which is like 50 miles away from us. 
So getting it sorted was looking like it was going to be a nightmare. We did manage to get it sorted, which was great. And the local garage was amazing. And I've got remunerated from the dealer. So everything's all right with that. So that's good. But that was that took up a fair chunk of time. And my wife's been having trouble with her connection to her work. And her work have not been sympathetic. They've just been either cold-shouldered or implied that she's slacking, which has made me furious. So being an IT professional, I've been able to help out and get it working okay for her. But just the sheer pressure they're putting on her has made me want to throttle them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm really, really angry. And I don't get angry often or easily. So I really must be pissed off. So that, that's been a bit of a, a niggle, but we're managing that as best we can. But in terms of sort of distractions, I'm, I've got lots of good ones. So blasting music really loud uh, that I enjoy is, is good. Either headphones are in the house if I think I'm not going to disturb people's sleep. Uh, that's been excellent. Reading novels is not really working for me. I can't really concentrate that long. So reading short stories and short stories that I've read before that I know I like is a good distraction. Yeah. Also, yeah, go making sure I get out for my one bit of exercise a day and uh, keeping healthy as much as possible in that way. And those have all been really good things. And I'm glad that I've got them, as well as games, which are just crazy good and great for taking you out of it. What about you? What what have you been doing as distractions? <laughs> um, I'll come to the main thing in a little bit. It's not a dist- it is a distraction, but it's not at the same time. But yeah, video games, spending time with the kids, and I've spent a lot more time on social media. And I know that's meant to be a bad thing, but it's not been. It's really helping me, yeah. Um, because I, again, I'm seeing the things that people are doing in their own homes, and I'm seeing the reaction to absolute wombles like Tim Martin. Seeing the reaction to him and Mike Ashley and people like that, seeing those reactions to those has been great to see. It shows there's a level, there's a line that can be crossed, and they've crossed it. And people are reacting in a positive way to say, no, we are not accepting of this. And so, yeah, and but seeing some of the fun things people have been doing, it's just, it's really helping me. Um, there's a lovely story about a, a kid who's in his back garden because he's missing football training. He's a goalie. He's worked out a way that he can kick a ball against the fence from one side of a goal and then quickly run around, dive and save it the other side to keep getting his practice in. <laughs> And that has blown up and the kids had offers from all kinds of footballers across the world offering to do things with him once this is all finished. So to take him to training grounds, to give him extra advice, to help him and stuff like that. And it's just been honestly wonderful to see. Amazon have been asking for public donations to help pay their workers. It's like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Are you really kidding me? Amazon. Yet Gary Neville has opened his hotels up for free, promised to pay his staff while this is on, full-time wages, opened his staff, opened his hotel to the NHS and done wonderful things. Others have followed suit and done it. So, but see, I, I was really worried that I'd see the negatives and be like, oh my God, this is just getting worse and worse and worse. But the positives are far outweighing it and it gives me hope for humanity in the future. But yeah, that's been my distraction is to dive into the good news stories. Good choice. So, but yeah, though, aside from distractions, I suppose the one downside I've had, I'll go into this, is my stress levels over the past couple of days are through the roof. Mm. Like most, and 
Like, let's see if I can get this right. I've got a lot of hope for what the future is after this is all done and dusted. I think the world as we know it is ended. And I mean that in a positive way. I, I think we're going to see if we try to return to how things were, we are going to see a revolution from the masses because we can't go back to how things were. It's been proved by that, by the amount of money that's now being thrown at the NHS, the things that we couldn't do previously, we can do now. The people who were considered not needed or low-skilled workers are now key to the survival of the world, especially individual countries. So there's no way we can go back. However, in the short term, my work relies on people going to um, public places. I do design work, but one of my, my main client at the moment is for a hatchet throwing place in America. And obviously, they can't open their doors. Their budget's gone. They can't pay my agent, which means I can't get paid for the work I'm doing or I would have been doing, and I might not get paid for the work I've done. I understand that. I've tried applying for supermarket jobs because they was crying out. But I, because I've got children, I couldn't get out in the first wave. I looks like I've missed the boat. So I've decided to go down the route now of universal credit. And whilst initially it seems like it's an okay process, you go online, you do the forms, um, you fill things in. I've got to a stage then where I've got to prove my identity. Um, and you can do that online using various different resources. So the Royal Mail do one, and I do one called uh, Digi Identity. So I got to that bit yesterday at about this sort of time actually just before midday i was in a queue of ninety-eight thousand people to get this done with a wait time of more than an hour which initially seemed okay but it was dropping that queue was dropping by about 400 people an hour initially that that started to improve anyway went to bed at about one o'clock and it had dropped to about a waiting list of sixty-three thousand. so i was like all oh, right he's starting to drop faster so just to prepare i'll set an alarm for 6 a.m that should get me up in time. It's a four. I went to bed at one, so it's a four-hour window I've got. If they do it at five, and it gives me forty-five minutes to to get in that queue, so I, I should be okay. Six a.m. Turns out I missed my place in the queue of sixty odd thousand people left because that queue went to zero, and my place was at three a.m. in the morning. I have now had to rejoin the queue, and I got lucky. I got in there with about. 40,000 people back in a queue, but I'm now uh, waiting for, as it stands, just over 21,000 people in this queue. So there's no rhyme or reason as to whether people are leaving the queue and that's dropping it or something else. And it's stressful enough having to go through the idea of universal credit because you get initially greeted with this screen. If you're doing this incorrectly, you could be prosecuted. That could result in, in fines or even imprisonment. That's not what someone who's vulnerable and worried and scared needs to see. I get that they want to stop fraudulent claims, but that doesn't help the mental health of someone who's, who's, who's really scared at the moment about being able to feed their family, keep a roof over their family's head. I'm now in a position where I don't know if I can. So I've got tons of stress, tons of worry, okay? Because we might be okay now during this period, but what's stopping private landlord and i mean no disrespect to my landlord lady she's been absolutely wonderful okay but there's others i mean no disrespect to her but what's the private landlords when this is done going well actually you're now four months in arrears you're out we're going to send the bailiffs round 
Nothing's stopping that. And the messaging you get in this universal credit application does not help that. It has put a ton of stress on me, which then gets projected onto my family, put stress on them, and arguments start to happen. We need a universal basic income for the duration of this to make sure that people aren't worried, that they can stay at home. They aren't forcing themselves to go out and work and put people at risk. And yeah, it has put my stress levels through the roof. But thankfully, I've got Animal Crossing and Doom. I think that it sounds more complex for the government to try and fit universal credit into a new world order than it would be to just instigate universal basic income for everybody, obviously, because it's universal. And that's what should really be enacted as an emergency measure. And, yes, you know, I think that the government, the wider government, not maybe necessarily Boris Johnson, but the wider government are understanding that socialist principles are going to have to come into play during this. And UBI would be one of the most intelligent because it's it has low overhead to just say to people, yeah, we're giving you the money. Um, and it also secures the safety as best they can of people's finances. Yeah, and it, it is. It's, I mean, without this turning into, you know, a political debate or, or, or anything like that, after this is all said and done, the other issue we're going to have and they're going to see and the governments have got to try and work out is there's going to be less jobs because businesses aren't surviving this. A number of businesses aren't surviving this. The amount of people that will survive it, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be more than jobs lost. So we're going to have more people trying to find work because more people now are going to be financially struggling because whatever we're being paused now or help we're getting now is going to, as it stands, need to be paid back in some fashion, unless it is decided to wipe all personal debt for the time, uh, you know, as it stands, go, look, if you're in debt, we start from scratch, but now you've got to manage your own finances properly or something like that. People aren't going to be able to get into work. So more and more, they need to find a solution that allows people to live and to survive. And yeah, a universal basic income is going to be that, in my my opinion. I don't want to dwell on it too much because I said we're we're about mental health and video games. So I, I don't proclaim to be an expert, and what what we state there could be absolute crap. But yeah, in my mind, something needs to be done because <laughs> the discussion around mental health is really going to take off after this as well, because mm. people are going to be in such horrible situations. Yeah. Absolutely are. Uh, I had a call with work because I'm in work. This is just my lunch hour. So I had a call with my work. Uh, I, I'm part of a Time to Talk team, uh, which is based off of being a mental health first aider. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about reaching out to people and giving them resources and giving them the opportunity to talk. And yeah, just saying that the ha- people not being isolated and having the ability to talk to others is a great thing. So if there's anybody out there listening to this who thinks anyone should... Uh, anyone that you know a friend or a family member should be reached out to on the phone or you know using whatsapp or another chat facility just go for it because people will really really appreciate it i'm taking my own advice and i'm going to ring my an auntie of mine who i haven't spoken to for a long time i'm going to call her up and just check that her and her kids are all right so on, on that that note and this is somewhat spur of the moment i think what i'm gonna do um, I'm going to put a link 
in all the descriptions for this to our Discord and basically open up our Discord. I'm at home anyway, so, you know, I'm here. If anyone wants to use our Discord to chat to us or to anyone else about anything, about video games, about mental health, anything, join our Discord, chat in there, use the voice chat, um, use it in any way you see fit. I think that's something we can do. Agreed, yeah. And reach out if you do want us to, if you want to chat or you want us to discuss anything, let us know. We're, we're, we're here for you in some fashion. We're, again, we are not experts. We don't have the answers, but we know that sometimes just talking about it is enough. So, but that, that resource is there. Links will be down below, up above, to the sides, wherever it is on, wherever you're listening. But I was, I, I was trying to find a way we could end on a positive, and I think that we found that. That was good. Yes, definitely. Great suggestion. Uh, I thoroughly back it, and I'm there for people if they want to speak. Excellent. So what is slowly becoming, I think, my thing, I'm going to sign off now. Hmm. If you like this whole thing, then like, subscribe, share, wherever it is you can do that, wherever you're listening to it. We have just decided to start up a Patreon. Just go the lowest tier. Just go the lowest tier on there. A couple of quid a month helps support us with um, hosting costs and things like that. But this is all free. The articles that go out, the podcasts that go out, nothing is gated. It's just if you like what we do and you want to support us, please do. But yeah, told you, sign-offs, I haven't got a clue how to do them. So I've been Bradley and I've been joined by Stu. Um, and what seems to be the buzzword at the moment, stay safe. <laughs>